I call it luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Welcome to episode 135 of the Cantobite Dispatch. I'm Emily Lind, and with me, as always, it's my delightful co-host, Brittany Brown. Hi, Brittany. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Just chilling in bed on this uh, rainy day. I think it's raining. <laughs> you think it's raining. Okay. Speaking of, your, your recording from Bad Habits have gotten some flack. Oh, really? Why? Uh, Chris Fresh apparently took umbrage to it on the latest Geek Dudes, and Steele had some things to say as well. It was was quite informative. Oh, like, can you, like, is it, like, uh, audio issues where, like, you can hear my mic or something? Because I try to hide that sometimes. No, it's not. They didn't complain about the audio at all. I think they just, they found the concept of you podcasting from bed to be baffling. Oh. I don't get it. I mean, like, I want to be comfortable while podcasting, and I feel like I have all my best thoughts while I'm in bed, so, you I mean, know. Apparently, it's not, like, professional enough or something, which, I mean, may- maybe steel, okay, fine, whatever, but it seems a bit rich coming from other people. Um... Steel is, like, the doctor of podcasting. Like, they they call him the colonel. Like, he is the doctor. Like, he is Dr. Podcast. Like, I don't want Dr. Podcast telling me that I'm going to fall ill from podcasting for bed. I think I'm fine. I mean, considering, no, like, it wasn't something that he knew until he was on our show, then I don't think it's a big deal. Obviously, it's not, you know, noticeable to the listener. Okay, good. Good, I'm glad. Because I know sometimes I could, like, you know, have a fumble or if it's like, you know, I'm getting comfortable. Because I have one of those, like, uh, memory foam pillows. So, like, every now and then, like, it deflates because it, like, knows my sitting patterns. And then it's like I have to move up because, like, it's it's getting too flat. So. <laughs> I mean, I think it's a little bit weird, but that's fine. I mean, fucking Robbo apparently podcasts standing up, which is insane. What? Yeah, so when we were recording the um, Clone Wars episode reaction that I did with Steel, and people should go on to Steel's uh, 
feed in, listen to that. It was a lot of fun. But Robbo actually had his his video on on Skype for once, which normally he doesn't do. But because Steele couldn't get his video recording to work, Robbo was willing to at least let us see him. But yeah, he apparently podcast standing up. That's incredible. Yeah, it seemed really weird to me. I sit at my desk. You know, I used to do that, but I used to have like so many issues with like, you know, sitting still or like maybe if I sat somewhere with an armrest and it's like I always want to like cross my legs, but like my table's short. And then I think just like one day, no, it was when I started dating Carlos because like he doesn't have like a table or anything because he's like a 20 something year old dude and all he has in his room is like a bed and that that's it. But um I was like, oh, I can just podcast from bed. And, you know, I I realized how comfortable it was. And I'm just like, I I haven't gone back to regular sitting down at a table and podcasting because it just seems so foreign to me. Yeah, that makes sense, I guess. I mean, whatever. I don't, I don't, I'm not the one who has an issue with it. It was just, it was mentioned. And I... Wasn't sure if you listened to the latest Geek Dudes yet. So they talked about you a lot, actually. Oh, really? Oh, I love those guys. Uh, Okay. See, go wait till you listen to it. Oh, no. Was it bad? (laughs) I mean, Steele brought up the new family picture that you posted. So, (laughs) yeah, I. I posted the pic, but I realized while posting it on, because I posted it on my Facebook because I needed a new cover photo. I don't think I'm friends with Fresh on Facebook. I don't think Fresh is on Facebook. So I think I chose the perfect place to put the family picture. There you go. But yeah, I mean, I'm 45 minutes in and it's so funny because like I can always tell when Steel is in Australia. Like, I mean, he, I mean, partially you can tell because he's on an Australian podcast, but yeah. But he's just like so much more like Australian. Like, I don't know, like how like you can, I don't know, just it's, he just is like talking about like Australian things and it's just, it's so funny because it's like, he, I always hear him talking about Star Wars and then like now I'm hearing him talking about the chips at KFC or like skateboarding. Ah, or, yes, that very Australian thing. I don't know. I just, I don't know if I've ever told you this on the podcast, but when I'm feeling sad, sometimes Carlos sends me that video of steel uh, <laughs> falling on the skateboard. <laughs> Which, if you haven't seen, is up on YouTube. You can just, I, I mean, I think just steel Sa- Saunders skateboarding will bring it up. It's pretty fantastic. It's pretty good. And I mean, it, nothing brings joy, apparently, when you're feeling down, like, watching your friends eat shit. Just that, that fuck that he screams while, like, grabbing onto his leg, just... Well, the uh, great thing is about, about Steel in, in general is how very Steel he is, which even if I didn't know it was Steel, if I heard that fuck, I would immediately know it was Steel. Uh, I truly love it. I I love I love seeing all these old pictures of Steel. Like he posted one the other day of him and Jackie at the old Paradise Pier, which is now Pixar Pier at California Adventure, 
And it was just so precious, like seeing like two lovely people like at my second home, like I could have been there at that time, you know, like he said it was like, I think around like 2003-ish, like I don't even think anyone wants to know how old I was in 2003. A baby. Close enough. I know uh, the other day, because I was, I was talking to my boss because with all this stuff going on and she's like, were you here when, you know, we closed down the casino in 2003? And I, I told her, I'm like, um... I don't think you want to know how old I was in 2003. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, your your second home is currently closed. Yeah, that's... It's really hard, honestly. Like, seeing, you know, my place of sanctuary and hope and, you know, the place I go, my happiest times, and, you know, some of my bad times. Like, I've been there during, you know, some of, like, the worst times in my life, and now that it's closed and you know for me and for millions of people is you know understandable but very very sad yeah i mean like it's incredibly irresponsible not to close but it was still strange to see it happen fourth time in history yeah okay so it was right after 9 11 JFK assassination and what was the other one? Uh, I think Walt's death. Here, let me look it up. Yeah, but I mean that was that was fairly major news. Yeah, it's it's sad it, we're we're living in very strange and sad times right now so you know it's wonderful that you know we have this platform of podcasting where you know we can talk and you know have fun for a little bit and our listeners can have fun too and you know forget that all this stuff is going on yeah i mean and in, in some ways it's it's lucky that we've never done our podcast in person anyway so we're all set up to just continue to do that sitting alone in our rooms on other sides of the country. Yeah. But how was your week? What were you up to? Did you, did you do it manage to do anything cool? Um, I got new glasses at Costco on Monday. Okay. That's good. Yeah, it's amazing. Like I I got two pairs of glasses and they were Altogether, it was like $150. Like, that's amazing. Like, that's so cheap. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, okay, wait. So, I'm reading. Um, it was the third shutdown in Disneyland in history, which closed in 1963 after the assassination of President John F. Kennedy in 2001 due to the terror attacks. Man. So, I think it's the third? Yeah, wow. Yeah, but uh, what else did I do this week? Really? Nothing. Like, I was off on Wednesday and Thursday, and, uh, oh, yeah, the Bachelor finale happened. That was a show. Let me tell you. <laughs> so, Peter proposed to Hannah Ann, and Madison left. Like, Madison was like, I don't think this is for me. I'm sorry. I'm not feeling it. Okay, bye. And he's, like, distraught. And he goes on a date with Hannah Ann before he proposes, and he's like, my heart's being pulled in two different directions and she's like okay fuck and then the next day comes and he's about to propose and he's like i'm so excited to propose to hannah ann she is my person i have been in love with her for so long when the day before he said that his heart was being whatever 
So at first she doesn't show up. And then like an hour or two goes by and then Chris Harrison's like, oh, hey, Hannah Ann's going to show up. So Hannah Ann shows up. They have the proposal. Cool. Awesome. Uh, he goes back to L.A. Mom's ecstatic because mom literally told him that he should choose Hannah Ann was like crying to him being like, don't let her go. So flashback to the Super Bowl, Super Bowl Sunday, the week of Super Bowl Sunday, Peter realizes I do not feel anything for Hannah Ann, so I am going to break up with her on national television, on camera, brings over the cameras to their um, little, because when they're trying to hide from the public, they go to these like little like happy weekend couple house things. So they're at this house and he's like, yeah, um, I can't give you my full heart. And she's just like, uh, shit, you suck. And then weeks go by and then Chris Harrison goes to Maddie in, in Alabama because Maddie lives in Alabama and she's he's like hey um Hannah Ann and Peter broke up and you should go for it because I know that he still has feelings for him do you still have feelings for him and she's like yeah and he's like awesome so then the live show comes around and then you know they're all talking and they're like oh yeah maybe we'll get back together cool awesome and then uh Chris Harrison asks Peter's mom what she thinks and she's like no I hate her at least she didn't say she hated her but she I was like, I don't think it's going to work out. You have to fail to succeed. Yada, yada, yada. It was awful. It was the weirdest television ever. Sitting there watching someone's mom berating his girlfriend. Like, it was nuts. And then they have broken up since. They both wrote their twin Instagram posts being like, oh, I love Peter. I love Maddie. But we're not going to pursue our relationship. So everyone's single. Nothing's going on. Man, and that, that, sh- was the that show is such bullshit. It is. But it has a 10% success rate. There are still some couples that are still together from very early on in the seasons. Like, I think, like, the first season of The Bachelorette, they're still together. Um, Sean Lowe and his wife are still together. And they've been together for, I think, close to 10 years now. Uh, JoJo and her fiancé are still together. Becca and Garrett are still together. Rachel and Brian got married like two or years, two or three years ago. Like, they're doing okay. That that's really a terrible success rate for a show that is all about finding somebody to get married to. Yeah, it is. But it's it's interesting television, you know, especially like those live shows because you never know what's going to happen. It's like I I personally thought that. Peter and Maddie were going to get together and he was possibly possibly going to propose. But then the total opposite happened and his mom was like, I don't support this. Like, I don't know how I would feel if I was on television dating someone and their mom was like, yeah, I don't see you and Brittany lasting. Brittany's a different person off camera. Yada, yada, yada. Like, oh, my God, I'd be embarrassed. Yeah, I mean, it's not wouldn't make you be like, this seems like something I definitely want to deal with for the rest of my life. Yeah. I don't know. And I feel like they always pick the same people. Like they always pick these like Instagram influencers. And finally, they're going to get rid of that because they were supposed to start Claire's The Bachelorette. They were supposed to start her season on Monday, but or no, on Friday. But they didn't. Unfortunately, they they're going to shut down production for a couple weeks, postpone it, hopefully, because I want to see Claire find love because there were some wonderful eligible bachelors up there. Yeah, she has a whole, like, 10% chance of it working out. That's great. Yeah. She does, but it's okay. What about you? Did anything happen to you this week other than uh, the Bachelor finale? (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, that was very important to me. Um, I was supposed to go to a concert yesterday, and that got canceled. And other than that, it was a god of just going to work and watching TV. Oh, and having like a complete fucking emotional breakdown. That was fun. Oh, you feeling better? Yeah, I am. Uh, yeah, that was yeah. You were you were witness to quite a bit of that. That was fun times. I know. I was I was sitting at a school board meeting on Wednesday, and I checked my phone. It was you, and I was like, "Oh, you're doing better. Good." <laughs> yeah, it was it was a bad couple of days. It turns out that my brain doesn't uh, handle emotions well, which I know in general, but sometimes it is um worse than other times. So, you know, sorry for that. Don't be sorry. We're all human. We all go through things. We all handle stress differently. I know I do. When I'm in a really, like, stressful situation or if I'm stressed, like, I don't... it. I don't talk to people, like, especially, like, the people that I'm closest to. Like, I just don't talk, which is, like, terrible and awful. But after, like, an hour or two, I'm like, okay, this is what's wrong with me. I'm not mad at you. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's, like, generally, I can tell ahead of time like when I'm headed into like a super anxious or like depressed episode. But sometimes it like, I don't want to say like, it's, it's like the cause, like suddenly it'll like something will cause it because what causes it is terrible brain chemistry. But occasionally like something will trigger it without warning. And it's generally if I'm already stressed out, just like in general with like, work and pandemic and you know all sorts of things going on and then i have what is like in retrospect a fairly mild argument with somebody and become instantly convinced that i've ruined everything and they hate me forever and then i end up like sobbing in my office and texting Brittany, being like i'm a terrible person and i've ruined my entire life so yeah that was fun that was a good couple days i know I, I, I was, I was sitting there, I think on like Tuesday or Wednesday. And then I'm just like, I'm just going to keep texting her. I'm like, I don't give a shit if she thinks I'm annoying. Like <laughs> I'm genuinely concerned and I want to check up on her. No, it's good. I would know. That's good. That's, uh, that's, I needed that. Cause I was, I was obviously not doing well. Cause like, I always worry that it's going to come off as like me being nosy and me just be like, Hey, how you doing? What's up? But honestly, I'm just like, I just want you to be okay because (laughs) I don't want you to go to work sobbing every day. Like that shit is not fun. I mean, thank thank God I have an office and currently no office mate, but. Oh, that's delightful. And even better, I face away from the door. So when people come to ask me annoying questions, I could like wipe off my face really quick yeah and you have glasses too and i feel like glasses cover like the puffy eyes like very well yeah that helps also people in my office are scared to ask me anything so that that's 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 a plus wait you're telling me that people are afraid of you people are fucking yeah it's weird what i love it so like why do you think they're afraid of you well, 
there's a lot of fairly young people in my office and I don't I don't know I think because I I don't know like I've never I've never been mean to well no there's like one person I was like snapped at before but in general I'm not mean to anybody I'm just I don't socialize with the office and because I've been there for like 10 years I think people are weird get like weirdly intimidated and then they come ask me questions and I answer their questions but I'm not I'm not like super friendly but I'm not super mean about it either so I don't quite get it but mm. it does benefit me in terms that people will go out of their way to not ask me a question unless they absolutely have to Oh, well, there you go. Do you have any, like, friendly people at work or, like, friends or mutual acquaintances? I mean, I do have, I know, I have, I have one person who's been there, like, six years who I'm pretty good friends with. Okay, that's good. And those are the people, you know, I'm I'm perfectly happy to, like, if we're eating lunch at the same time or whatever, like, talk shit, but. Do those people know your alter ego? I mean, it's funny because mo- I didn't know people thought I was scary until other people told me that they thought I was scary. Oh, it's like one time somebody said to me, "You know, all the all the like other paralegals are terrified of you." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> uh, do they know you have a podcast? Oh no, I don't talk about that. I mean, I, I like my one friend there knows I do, but she's not into Star Wars or anything, so would never have any reason to listen. Hmm. That's good. Uh Star Wars, I guess, right? Eh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, so they. At least in the U.S. and I think some other countries released the digital of Rise of Skywalker early, and sort of without any notice. They just sort of like I just saw some tweets about it, being like, "Hey, did anyone else suddenly get their pre-order fulfilled?" But I mean, that's nice, I suppose. They also put Frozen Two up on Disney Plus like two months early. Hmm. That's good. I mean, that's good for Rise of Skywalker. I can't wait for Twitter to tell me for like two or three weeks straight, like why I didn't understand this movie and <laughs> why I don't like it as much as I do. Because I feel like that's all I'm seeing on Twitter right now is just being like, oh, you didn't like it because of this. Or after you watch it a couple times, you'll like it more. Like, don't tell me what I like or what I'm going to like or what I should look for when I see the movie next. Like, I'm probably not going to watch the movie for a while because I see it on my Twitter timeline all the time. Like, you know how you can, like, mute words on Twitter? I wish you could mute fucking photos, too. Oh, God, yes. Like, if I have to see any more Rise of Skywalker gifts, like, I just, like, I don't hate the movie or anything, but just get it out of my brain for, like, two or three weeks. Like, I, I want to forget that it exists for, like, a little while so that I can go back to it and be like, oh, yeah, this is a movie I haven't seen in a while. Because I feel like every time I go on Twitter, I feel like I'm watching the movie over again. And it's like, I don't want to watch it. Yeah, there are, like, a couple months there where I would still occasionally see stuff about the movie, but it was mostly, like, buried by other stuff, so it was fine. And then, like, 
once this hit and then it's like that's my entire timeline again and I'm just I don't feel the need to relitigate this movie I don't like it that's fine other people do that's fine I just I this weird like thing where people think they're making some sort of like militant moral stand this brave act by declaring that they liked this movie is beyond me but whatever yeah but i mean that's that's nice that they released it early like i saw that they released frozen 2 like three months early too so i'm hoping that they do more of that you know with these movies so that you know, we'd have, you know, more to watch or more to talk about. Yeah, what I'd really like to see is um, not only South by Southwest, but South by Southwest is, is sort of the big one. Is you know, these festivals where lots and lots of, of independent movies are getting premiered have been, have been canceled. And so have suddenly lost the ability to you know to potentially get bought by distributors or or you know to drum up a lot of of buzz or anything like that i would love to see somebody like amazon or netflix just just buy up a ton of shit and and put it out as an online film festival Yeah, because also like when you get when you get these these festival canceled, you know, like mostly, you know, like the big big companies or big bands or whatever it is will be fine. But there's these these you know smaller guys where that is their chance to get something done, and and that being gone is is pretty devastating. I know they just canceled. Um, Melbourne International Comedy Festival. And I'm seeing a lot of people being like, I, I, that's a substantial chunk of my income for the year. And just having no idea what they're going to do. Yeah, it's, it's really sad. Like, I saw that. So Disneyland and Disney World have um college like a college program so they have you know kids from different colleges you know different countries come and work and all of them were told that they have to leave by tomorrow and that their uh their internships are canceled and that is awful because you know you have all these college students you have all of you know, these people who some of them like don't even live in this country and telling them that they have to leave by like they don't even give them like a week. Like they give them like a couple days. Like I'm not 100 percent sure it's a Monday, but it's along those lines. And it's it's heartbreaking because like, where do they go? What are they going to do? And that's like with everyone. Like, where are they going to go? What are they going to do? 
Are they able to go to the store and buy, you know, supplies that they need? Because everyone is hoarding items. Like, are they going to be able to get to their destination safely? Are they even able to get there to their destination because of the travel ban? Like, we are definitely living in interesting times here. And it's, it's very weird to see. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's it's a mess. As of recording this, they still haven't closed schools in New York City, and they really, really need to. People are still fucking going out to bars for St. Patrick's Day. Like, go fuck yourselves, man. I was supposed to go to a Chicago concert, I think on Tuesday, but it, that got canceled. And I, I know a lot of plans, a lot of conventions have been canceled. Celebration, no word from that yet. Yeah, I'm just, I, at this point, am working under the assumption that it's going to get canceled sooner or later. Yeah, I don't know, though. I would if, I would think they would just, like, pull the plug now because, you know, of flights and everything. You know, flights are getting canceled. Um, Airbnbs and homeaways. Like, I saw that, you know, for Coachella that they had to contact Airbnb or something and be like, you got to give people these cancellations. Like, there's not going to be Coachella. Like, you have to refund them. Like, that's bullshit. Yeah, it's like I'm I'm just like holding off on buying my plane tickets because I'm like, well, that seems just a dumb move at this point. Well, I mean, depending on the airline, like I know that with like purchasing like hotel rooms, like they they're really flexible and they let you cancel, you know, like at least 24 hours like before your reservation. So... I don't know like I if if I were flying somewhere like I would look into it but I would only buy it knowing that I would be fully refunded yeah and that's that's just isn't the case most of the time yeah I don't know like my parents were supposed to be going to uh Mexico next month and obviously like are not going to but right now, if they like the only deal that the company would give them is they could rebook their tickets, but and they within a year, but that year it's not you can rebook it within a year of the date of the flight, it's you can rebook it within a year of the purchase date, and they purchased those last November. Oh, god, so it's like, well, they're not looking to go to. Mexico this November either and so they're they're waiting until you know to see if as it gets closer and as this kicks up even more which it is going to do whether they'll just re you know allow them to refund them completely yeah that I, I would do that too like wait and see because I don't know like I wouldn't want to travel you know I don't even want to drive you know an hour or two away from my house right now you know 
Well, especially, I mean, the problem with traveling internationally is getting stuck. Mm -hmm. Or just like, I mean, did you see any of the pictures out of like O'Hare or something of people trying to go through customs? It's, where they're like six hour waits. It's a fucking nightmare. That's what that is. And I mean, obviously what you want in a in a pandemic situation is to be stuck shoulder to shoulder with thousands of people in an airport. Because that, that's, that's not at all, you know, the, one of the best possible ways to spread a viral infection. Yeah, so much for that 250 people rule and seeing a airport full with people, you know, shoulder to shoulder. Uh, I mean, it's madness. But, but hey, we're still doing our podcast for now. Yeah. That's, I mean, we don't have shit to talk about, but... I mean, I guess there is one Star, Star Wars thing we can talk about. With great reluctance on my part. Hey, Emily. Yes, Brittany. Did you watch the Clone Wars? I did. You know, I had thought this orc was already over. But it wasn't. Back to the Bad Batch. I don't have down what this episode was called. I do not remember. What even happened? They go to the place. And they're gonna like do something and kill a bunch of droids. I don't actually know what like the mission is. I just know that they're... Because I was barely paying attention. But... Echo, like, plugs himself in to the Separatist computer system. And everybody's like, hey, maybe we shouldn't we shouldn't trust him. But Anakin and Rex are like, no, trust him. And then, yay, he's still a good guy. And he d kills the bunch of droids and everything's good. Then all I remember is that Anakin got angry and chopped off the arms of that one guy and he's like, you tell me something. And I forgot what it was. And then he tells him and then he just kills him. Or he doesn't tell him. Oh, they're looking to... He, um, Mace Windu needs the final number and the sequence to get down the shield so that he can do something that was unclear to me. Because again, I was not really paying attention. I was on my phone for this entire episode. But I did look up when Anakin chopped off the spider guy's arms slash legs. Oh god, he got the legs too? Well, I don't know, because I mean, you know, he's a spider guy, so I don't quite, I believe they were arms, but, you know, he's a spider, so there's lots, there's a couple of them. And then he stabbed him through the heart with a lightsaber. Angry. I think that, like, that Anakin stuff is actually pretty well done in this episode. And that, I mean, he's killing a bad guy, not like a bunch of little Padawans or something. So it's not like completely evil Anakin. And really, you can, insofar as you're an audience on a TV show, you can justify him, you know, chopping this guy's limbs off because, you know, they're in a war and he's trying to save his friends. So whatever, like he's, you know, he's doing what he has to do. But it's not what he's supposed to do as a Jedi. And so you see him 
sort of slowly sliding there. And I think they do a good job with that. They do. You can feel his emotions, you know, as he goes into that hangar and, and kills that guy. Like he's, he seems different than, you know, any other seasons that I've watched, obviously. And I'm glad that we're seeing this version of Anakin because, you know, he's slowly turning to the dark side and you can see through his mannerisms, through his facial expressions, through his actions, especially because, you know, going back and seeing, you know, how many times, you know, he was in contact with certain separatist leaders, like he could have easily killed them, but he didn't because he had self-control. And now you're seeing that self-control go away. Yeah. And what I like, like he doesn't even like blink. He's not conflict about it in the slightest. Like, hey, I'm just going to chop this guy's arms off. Totally fine. I'm just going to stab him through the heart with a lightsaber. Whatever, man. I'm trying to save my friend. That's totally okay to do. Like, no hesitation or anything. Yeah, he's a no-bullshit guy. And he just he wants to get it over with. So I like that. And then, then at the end, Echo decides to join the Bad Batch because he feels like he fits in more with them. I feel like your yawn just made hey. me yawn. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I try not to yawn on the podcast, but I mean, look. First of all, I'm tired. I just took a nap and that's never good. That's not generally a good idea to do right before I podcast, but whatever. Also, I'm talking about the Clone Wars, so, you know. Yeah, I feel like around this time, too, like I get a little yawny. Like, I I am, like, a marathon yawner. Like, I yawn all the time. And I don't do it into the microphone anymore because <laughs> of Steel Saunders. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> that, well, you are, you're, you're not really kidding because that is actually why, but. Yeah. I love steel, though. <laughs> um, do we know what the next arc is? Uh, no. And if it's the Bad Batch arc, I'm going to throw my iPad across the room. You can't. Like, it has to be done now, right? I mean, we saw them fly off. They're gone. That was a conclusion. Yeah, I feel like Clone Wars arcs are, like, four episodes long anyways. Like, I don't remember an arc, like, being five episodes or more, so... I don't know. Hopefully. It's time for the Bad Batch to end. Yeah. I mean, I, I would have preferred it to end a week or go or to never happen at all. But I'm ready to move on to something hopefully better. Yes. Me too. But we'll see, I guess. Uh, Emily, it's the last time, but we're talking about Mendo. Are we met the last time ever? I know, but uh, it's so sad. We had an outsider finale. We did. Um, what did you think? Um, 
I mean, it was a lot. And I feel like part of me, you know, kind of thought that El Cuco was, uh, maybe it was like Glory or maybe it was like someone. Because, you know, like in Scooby-Doo, when, you know, they, they unmask the villain, it's like, oh, my God, is this person that we knew? Like, I just, I, I would have been interested if it was someone that we knew, but they ended it beautifully. And a lot of people died and it was really sad, but it was pretty fucking violent that opening shootout scene feels about three hours long oh it's awfully hard to watch it is like i don't deal with realistic gore uh well like if it's in star wars or you know, in, in a situation where I think there's no way in hell that this could possibly happen, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like, Deadpool, like, I'm okay with Deadpool. I was okay with uh, Birds of Prey, but this, oh, I couldn't do Especially when fucking Jack comes back, you know, after bitten by that snake, probably, and his eyes blush out red, he shoots himself in the fucking mouth. Blows his yeah, like, out. one of the... One of the things that really got me, and this was a weird one, is when, um, so obviously last week ends with Alec, the the PI, getting killed, but there's one part in this scene here when when everybody else is, you know, behind cars and stuff, and and Jack is still shooting, where you just see Alec's body get shot a bunch of times. I mean, obviously, like, he's already super dead. His face got blown off. But you just see his, like, body, like, jerking as, like, you know, a dozen more shots go into him. And it's awful. And I expected Andy to die, but it still sucked. Yeah, I just... uh, Especially when it's like you thought he was close, but then... You see the car reversing and knowing that Andy is dead and then Jack shooting the gas can and blowing up the car. That was bad. But also what was fucking bad was when Holly was trying to go up and get him. But then Howard kind of tried to push her out of the way and then the explosion killed Howard. Ugh, yeah. Fuck. It was nasty. And like I like I mean the gun violence is always sort of awful to watch anyway, but it just was so visceral in this episode. And especially Jack, like Jack has become such a haunting, awful character. Like I had a feeling about him since day one, and just he's being possessed by El Cuco, and he is just fucking awful to hear to see to everything and even like seeing him kill himself like wasn't it it was still awful because it's like you know you'd get that sigh of relief that okay this character is gone but still it just it's like look what this character created look what this character did to everyone yeah and it's such a i mean really like i mean he was an asshole in the beginning but really is like a tragic character Mm -hmm. you know just yeah you can get another victim of al kuku but it is it's not like in other shows it might be satisfying to see that guy die 
but it's not satisfying to see him die in this. It's just another like bit of awfulness. And I, I like, I mean that actually as like a, a good point in the show, not a bad one. Yeah. But it is, it is brutal. And you can see like the pain in his eyes too, like as he was about to, you know, pull the trigger, like. He was ready to go and he was just in so much pain and so much anguish, you know, it was just so shitty to see. And when Seal died too, that was, that was awful. Even though that the last episode, you know, we're giving Seal a bunch of shit because, you know, he, unfortunately, I don't want to put all the blame on Seal that Seal caused all of this, but Seal. No, he didn't, he didn't cause it. But yeah. he, he, I mean, he definitely bears some blame. Yeah, but still, it really sucked seeing that, you know, he died too. Because Claude lost so much, you know, in the past, you know, like his job. And, you know, now his brother, like. Patrick Constantine is such a good actor. Like his, his whole reactions there are so good and just heartbreaking. What other shows or movies is he in? Oh god, he's one of those guys who is in um everything cuz he's a character actor and that's that's sort of what happens. Um let me see if he's in anything that you would have seen. Good luck. <laughs> um Have you seen Hot Fuzz? Sounds familiar. The Edgar Wright one with um with Nick Frost and Simon Pegg? I think some of it. Where they're like, okay, well. He's one of the he's one of the other cops in that. Okay, yeah, I was gonna I was gonna suggest that maybe he was a cop because he seems like he would be a cop character in that movie. Um, I think that might be the only thing you would have seen. Um, one second. I mean, he has a shit ton of credits, but nothing, you know, not like huge starring roles in any like major things. So that might have been it. But he's great, and I love him. I'm always happy to see him pop up and stuff. That's good. So I liked seeing him here. And yeah, and then, so, Holly and Ralph go into the cave to confront the creature. And... There's this really interesting, like, when they come in and the creature's like, it's really slippery, be careful. <laughs> I really liked that. Well, yeah, they're guests in his home. Be, be careful, it's slippery, you know, watch your step. And, like, he's just, you know, he knows this, I guess it, he, I don't know. I mean, he's in the form of of Claude pretty much exactly at this point so I guess he but he knows this confrontation is coming so I guess he's just ready for it to happen and doesn't want them to fall down and hurt themselves 
that's gets you know it's considerate of him. Uh, at this point, Agent Sablo has been shot in the arm, so he's he's outside with Claude, just sort of holding the fort there, and. We have Holly and Ralph um, because the the creature can't quite get to the cave where the cave-in happened to properly feed. So he can just sort of feed, but not as much as he wants to. And he talks about how the, the, the dead have like this glow about them and it's pretty gross. And Ralph goes, Ralph, because Ralph is super smart sometimes. He like has his gun out in this cave that they already know that cave in happens. And Holly has to be like, hey, may, maybe put that away. <laughs> and then, and then the creature shouts really loud and everything shakes. And Ralph realizes, you know, maybe she has a point. Um, and at this like at this point it is very obviously that at some point in this episode a cave in is going to happen. We just don't quite know when. And you know, we get typical you know, bad guy speech and shit. And Holly Holly is trying to ask questions about like, you know, are there more of you? What are you? Where are you from? And the creature says he doesn't remember, like, what he is. And he doesn't seem to know if there's any more creatures like him. Certainly he's never met any like him before because he asks Holly if she has and seems sort of, like, genuine. Like, I think that question is genuine. Whether he genuinely wants to know if there's more things like him out there. Yeah. That conversation with her and El Cuco was really interesting. Like, she just seemed very intrigued by, you know, this being. And I feel like Mendo was, like, trying to stop it. Like, he just wanted to get this over with, you know, as soon as possible. But she was just so, so curious. Yeah, and then Claude comes in. And Claude's, Claude's pretty pissed. Because, I mean, this thing, but it just murdered his brother. And has been inside of his head and is wearing his face. So, despite Holly and Ralph's warnings, Claude just shoots the thing. (laughs) And then, hey, there's a cave-in. And so the creature gets trapped under a rock and Claude, Claude gets pinned down too, but Ralph and Holly get him up. And... Holly Oh, Holly has stabbed the creature in the heart with a knife. And at this point, Ralph's like, hey, we gotta, you know, we'll we don't wanna completely destroy him because we want proof that this thing exists. But then as they're leaving, he sees ghosts, I guess. Of the kids who were trapped during the in the in the mine, and they just stand there and stare at him, 
And so he tells Holly to take Claude out. And he goes back to the creature and has a really fucking creepy speech, actually. A very Mendo speech. Yeah, it's really good. Like, it's really fucking dark about how if this, you know, the if this creature were exposed, like, and talking about how, like, you can expose him to the world and you bring by a, a busload of tourists and everyone would be crowding around trying to get pictures of it and all this stuff. And in the process of this all comes the conclusion of I'm just going to fucking destroy this thing. And so we see the creature going back through all of its faces. Like it becomes Terry and it becomes the orderly from the nursing home that was before that. And it becomes the woman who infected that guy. And then Mendo smashes his head in with a big, big rock. And it's pretty gnarly. So who was the final before Mendo smashed him with a rock? Was he trying to transform into a son? I don't know. I couldn't quite tell what was happening there. I th- I don't think so because I think he could only could only transform into things that he'd been, and I don't know if he ca- that be the son thing necessarily counts because he never really was him. That was just like a weird vision projected onto Mendo. Anyway, he gets his head smashed with a big big rock. I. That's always the worst when body mutilation just and there's just like this sound i mean it's probably some you know the foley artist like hitting a watermelon or something but it's really gross and then it becomes okay let's lie to everybody and we get a montage of that where we see Holly and Sablo and Claude in the car driving and they're talking about, you know, like, um, and Sablo's talking to Claude being like, okay, like, walk through the story again. And Claude's like, okay, like, because they have this whole thing about how because Claude was a witness against Terry, some like there becomes a whole thing of Claude's going to change the story that it wasn't really Terry saw it was somebody who looked like him and somebody called Claude saying that he knew something about the case and like Agent Sablo and and Ralph were down there to talk to him to like ask him questions about this and because like then like you see Ralph talking to the police and he's talking about how oh he thought you know somebody was trying to to ambush Claude so that's how he went there and then I mean most of it gets put on well I mean all the dead like the dead on the scene get placed on Jack which I mean technically yes he did kill them all and then it's, oh, but Jack was working for somebody else, and we think he's the one who has been killing kids. And so then that's how they're also going to clear Terry. And, you know, you would get Ralph calling Jeannie, 
because they need Jeannie to talk to Glory so that Glory won't mention Holly's shapeshifter theory or anything like that. And Glory seems to, you know, still not, I mean, and obviously she didn't witness of it, so still not believe the whole, like, crazy demon shapeshifter thing, but is willing to to do that. I mean, partially because, you know, I mean, mostly because it will help clear her husband's name and she's willing to do whatever it takes to do that. And so we even see the DA come and um, say that he's going to make a, a, a press comments that they're reopening the case. And he has this line, which is sort of sad, but also sort of like, still fuck you, dude, where because of the the lawsuit that glory has against him and against the the department and stuff he's like because of that lawsuit i can't tell you what's in my heart and glory is just sort of like okay fine like she doesn't let him off the hook which was good because i feel like that would be unrealistic but she does i guess you know kind of accept his unsaid apology yeah And, well, okay, here's the thing is, this is where I get annoyed with this show. <laughs> is there's a really nice ending where we have, um, like, Ralph saying, he, he, you know, he'd sort of like to work with Holly again sometime and asking her, what else do you think is out there? And her, her not answering that. And we see her get in her car and drive off. And then we get... Jeannie and Ralph at the cemetery. Um, you know, Ralph talking about seeing their son and hopefully one day again, you know, he'll see him again and it'll really be him. And Jeannie has this nice line of hopefully, you know, you know, like one day, many, many years from now, we'll go to visit him. And that was really sweet. Yeah. And the show's over and there's credits. And then, because everything has to be a fucking Marvel movie now, <laughs> there's a goddamn mid credit scene. And I'm frustrated because, okay, I went into this show, the assumption that the show is a one-season show. And as far as we know, it is. But then we get this scene, and we're with Holly, and she's back at home, and she has a... a a vision, a hallucination, a nightmare, or whatever of the creature being behind her. And then we switch to her on her computer looking up the case, the Frank Peterson case, and, you know, like seeing that it's reopened. And they pan to her arm and there's this scratch on her arm. And it's just like, oh, fuck you, show. <laughs> like, I, I don't, this isn't a show that needs, like, a dun-dun-dun got you. Like, it's not a fucking Freddy Krueger movie. You don't need, like, a final scare. Yeah, okay, so, a couple things. One, I'm so glad that Eunice isn't dead, because I really like him. I like him, too, and also, I was certain he was gonna die. All the people I thought would die did, unfortunately. I mean, they almost all died. 
They couldn't have killed Mendo, though. No. I mean, I I was certain Mendo was safe just because I, I mean, personally, because I know he survived the book. But also that just seemed too awful to do. So, okay, I have a question for you. So did you catch when they're all in the cave and they're talking about Terry Maitland and then Holly was like, who's Terry? See, I've read a couple different theories about that. And I don't like that doesn't seem like a like a weird, ominous thing to me so much as it seemed like a way to show the the way Holly was thinking about this versus the way Mendo was thinking about this. Which is for Ralph, even even in the face of this like unexplainable supernatural creature who has been, you know, killing kids for centuries or whatever, Ralph is still concerned about clearing Terry's name because of all the guilt that he feels over it. And I think it's just, it, I think it's more of a Holly's focus is completely the opposite direction, which is that the detail about Terry doesn't matter to her at all anymore. Like that's, it's, it's nothing to her now. Yeah. The way I saw it was a little bit like a coping mechanism. Like this is how she, she's for, trying to forget the whole case like now that she feels like her job is done that she is putting in the back of her brain and she's forgetting about it i was sort of like like yeah for me it was more of like when that part when when she and andy are on the date and he asks her how tall he is and she immediately answers him but she doesn't know how tall she is Like, that's sort of how I took it. Okay. Yeah, that's a good like, way to among take other, it. Among other things, it doesn't make sense. because in, in terms of it being, like, I saw a couple of people being like, oh, does it mean she's already possessed by the thing or whatever? But there's there's never been any indication of there being any sort of, like, memory loss or anything. And, I mean, the creature himself knows who Terry Maitland is. And so I didn't, I didn't, like, that to me wasn't a, like, weird, ominous thing. I thought it was interesting, but I didn't interpret it at all as, like, a, ooh, creepy, what does that mean thing. Yeah. So what did you think of that uh, post-credit sequence? Um... <laughs> I I don't know. Like, is, did this happen in the book? No. No, the book ends. Well, maybe Mendo doesn't. Maybe Mendo lives on forever. I, I just, like, I feel like I don't... I mean, one, this show doesn't... Like, as much as I, I love this show and I want... I would be very happy to see this cast again... I don't feel like this is a show that needs a second season. And even if they were doing a second season, I would rather it be like a completely new storyline than having a cuckoo involved again. 
like that's just the thing is that I just don't know what they were trying to insinuate with this. Like, I don't understand the need for a post credit scene. Like, if it ends, you know, just end. But, you know, my dad was telling me that they're thinking of doing a second season, which... Yeah, but the thing is, like, you don't... You don't need this setup in order to do a second season. And that's what bothers me is you could just do a second season and have it be like... Like, either you start up right again here, or you have it be a completely different story where they're off, like, there's there's some other, you know, m- monster that Holly finds and, like, calls in Ralph to, to help for whatever reason. So, it just seems so cheap in a way that the show has not been. Because it really, it really is like something out of like a Nightmare on Elm Street movie or like a, or, you know, Friday the 13th when suddenly you see Jason sit up again. That's like, but we don't, we don't need that. Like if you want to make another Jason movie, you just be like, Hey, he didn't really die in that last movie. Cause he's never really dead. Like you don't need to show it, but like, it's fine in those movies. Cause those movies are like kind of like cheesy, ridiculous slasher movies. And so, I mean, the the final jump scare is part and parcel what those things are. But here it just seems so out of place with what the rest of the show is. Yeah, I just don't, I don't get it. Like, why can't we just end shows? Like, and, you know, the book's over too. Like, and Stephen King just did, one book of this so i don't think what what would he do i don't think he would want to do another book wouldn't you think yeah i mean well it sort of depends i mean it depends what deal he has with hbo on this whether they bought the right to make a make their own sequel to it or not i mean the the book and the show are so different at this point that a sequel to, like, the book would not be the same thing as the say a sequel to the show would be. But they don't, I mean, if they have the television rights to these characters or whatever, they they could just do their own thing, theoretically. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just, I don't know, like, especially, especially considering... Like, that last scene with Ralph and Jeannie, which is so sweet and sad and beautifully done, to go from that to this, like, "Uh uh-oh, it's not all over, final scare, just, I don't know, it just really sat badly with me. It's just unfair to the characters, you know, who have been through so much already that, you know, they possibly have to go, go through this yeah. again. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't need, I don't need everything to be, like, wrapped up in a neat little bow, but it seemed like they were trying to do both things here, and it just, I don't know, I thought it was kind of gross. I didn't, I don't know, it just, it... <laughs> It's a shame that that is now like my final thought on this show that I have otherwise absolutely loved. Yeah, it's 
it's weird because I just, why did it have to end like that? Like it was so good. It was a great ride. I just don't know what the fu- what to fucking think. Yeah, I don't know. It felt. It felt. I don't know. Like again, I know I said it. I just felt out of place. Well, it is Stephen King. But no, but see, the thing is, a lot of Stephen King books don't do that. They have not necessarily always like super happy endings, but I—I I mean, the vast majority of the time. In Stephen King stories, well, I mean, in the novels anyway, the short stories are different, but in the novels, the good guys win and there's a definitive ending. Yeah. Like this, this sort of like sequel setup, like, or, uh oh, maybe things get all bad again, isn't, isn't really a Stephen King thing. I mean, it, it happens occasionally, but for the most part, the the standalone novels are standalone novels with with an end. I just I I just don't know what to think. Like especially like how would these actors like want to do this again? I mean it's a you know, steady job on an HBO show. I figure like a lot of them probably would. The actress who played Holly, though, I feel like she's doing a lot now, too. You know, after getting that Oscar nom, I feel like she probably has a lot of work. But, I don't know. I think we'll see. Yeah. It's just, it's weird. Very weird. Hmm. Well, what else do we have? <laughs> um, um. Well, we have email, but we've already been gone for like an hour, so sort of question of do we want to do them or do we want to just save them? Because we don't have we don't have the outsider to talk about next week. Yeah, let's just replace the outsider with email. Okay. Yeah, we'll do that. Um. Anything else going on? Um, I don't think so. Just, you know, just chilling at home or at work or staying safe. What about you? Yeah, not much going on. See, sort of, you know, touch and go in terms of what's happening uh, with the city shutting down or not shutting down. So... Hopefully everybody listening to this is safe and practicing social distancing and washing their fucking hands and not uh, hoarding needed supplies. But um, yeah, uh, Brittany, where are you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram as Brittany the Ginger. What about you? Um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at EFLind, and the show is on Twitter and Instagram at Pod. 
you can email the show candabytepod at gmail.com and please rate and review us on whatever you use to listen to the show yes please and until next week I guess we will talk to you guys later bye bye Ghetto bitch number one doing it fulcrum style. Uh, check it out. Listen up, y'all, cause this is it. Fuck all the rest, be a ghetto bitch. Brittany the Ginge and Emily Lynn. Bet on these two to show place and win. These are the girls you've been looking for. Unique takes on Star Wars and more. Listen every week for laughs and fun. Take it from me, ghetto bitch number one.